0: blog talk radio
1: hello it's sunday evening and welcome to blog talk radio your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause. I am radio.
0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause. I am radio. I am your host Robert Brining. This evening, I am joined by the wonderful Jeremy Dunn. Hello, Mister Dunn. And Jeremy was dropped. so. I welcome you all to uh, joining me this evening. Um, I'm your host again, Robert Brining. Uh, we are here uh, every Sunday. Bringing you stories of people living with HIV and AIDS, and um, sharing their journey uh, with the listening audience, and hoping to encourage and inspire other people to uh, maybe come out a little bit more about it, or um, be more comfortable in their own skin for the first time by hearing somebody else's story that they may be able to relate to. So we do this every Sunday at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, and. Um, you're welcome to join us every Sunday. You can also um, share your story if you're interested in sharing your story on the show. You can uh, contact us at com and send your story and information to us there. And uh, we would love to have you come on and share your story. Jeremy, are you with me?
1: I'm I'm with you now. I don't know what happened. <laughs> that's okay. How are you, Mr. Dunn? You know what? I'm I'm just peachy keen. Peachy well, that's keen.
2: Great.
1: Just swell. I'm here.
0: Woohoo. <laughs> so how was your
1: week? You know what, my week was actually pretty good. It it was busy but um but pretty good. Pretty darn well. Um it went just swimmingly. I Swimmingly? Swimmingly. Woohoo
0: Swimming Have you taken your meds already?
1: Not yet. Okay. But I've had a couple beers, so Oh, no. I know. I know. It's, like, terrible. Are you kidding?
0: <laughs> Bad, Mr. Oh,
1: goodness. <laughs> I know. Fun, fun. No, no, I no, haven't I had, had my some... meds yet. Yeah, yeah what? Huh? What? Hmm?
0: I have some um, kind of upsetting news to kind of um, report on my end. It's upsetting to me. Um, I just lost my doctor. What? Yeah. Um, the clinic that I go to, Philadelphia Fight in, in the city, uh, gave me a call. Um, actually I found out through Facebook, somebody on Facebook told me because they had an appointment and they went to this doctor because I recommended this doctor and I love the doctor because he's great, you know, that's why I recommend him because I'm comfortable with him and I know he, he takes my, he listens to me and that's what I want a doctor to do, to listen to me, you know what I mean? So, he contacted me on Facebook, a friend of mine and was like, look, you know, Dr. Left. do you have another doctor to, you know, you can recommend or, you know, I was really comfortable with him and now, you know, I don't know where to go, and I don't know where to go because that was my doctor, you know. It was like I was with him for seven years, so I kind of feel like, like I don't know, like he broke up with me and that was the end of it. <laughs> like I didn't get a reason why. It was just, you know, the that was it. And then So what, on, what are you doing? Well, right now I'm not doing anything. Wednesday night, for some odd reason, I guess the organization decided to call me at like 8 o'clock at night and let me know that, like I guess let me know on a professional level that my doctor has left and they still want me to find care and they want to take care of me. Cause there's other doctors that are there. I'm yeah. so comfortable with going to him. So like all the advice that we give people on here to, you know, go and find a new doctor and how to find the right one. Now I feel like I have to go back and listen to everything because <laughs> I, I have to, I have to go do this now and I'm kind of uncomfortable about it. Really? Like I shared about it in group. Um, yeah. Just because I was so comfortable with him. Yeah. Well, what? Why did he leave? I don't know. There, there was no, um, no reason given. Huh. It was just that he left. I, I asked if he was still practicing, and she said she didn't know. But you know, if they had more updates later, they would let us know. You know, but my next appointment isn't until November. But that red rash that I was telling you about—that was like kind of on my uh, chest and neck. Yeah, yeah. It's starting to get—it started to get a little worse. So I think I'm going to try to get down there and see somebody sooner and change my appointment so I can try well, trying to get them taken care
1: of. Well, because if it's a rash and it's itchy and all that stuff, you need to have it taken care of.
0: It's not itchy. It's just red and ugly. Hmm. Like, I have to wear, like, a collared shirt all the time. I'm kind of, like, you know, worried about it. Well, then, then go see someone. Why have you no, been I didn't. so long? No, I went to my doctor and he gave me this cream, which I think is for, like, psoriasis. Yeah, and it just wasn't working. Um, so uh, I was going to wait until my next follow up to ask him, but he's gone. So,
1: so so let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. Are you under a tremendous amount of stress?
0: I, I feel like I'm always stressed. Uh huh. Like I feel like I have a very stressful life. I may not let yeah. people know, but yeah. but I'm very stressed. Okay. And how do you deal with that stress? How do I do? I kind of don't really. It depends, I guess. Sometimes you could say I may take it out on the people I love the most. Well, uh-huh. uh, I usually kind of keep it all bottled up inside, and then like I have one big hoo ha.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I think we might have found the uh, source of your of uh, of your rash.
0: But see, this is weird. I had the same kind of rash before,
1: and it uh-huh. was when I was
0: right after I was diagnosed.
1: Yeah. And at that
0: time, it was I was just getting clean. You know what I mean. So I kind of thought it may have been stress related because uh-huh. it was, at that time I was just getting clean. And I was running a coffee shop. My father just died. I was just diagnosed. You know what I mean? Like all that junk was going on in my life. So you know, I kind of just started coming back really bad.
1: Well, um, Robert, I hate to say this, but I, I think it's stress related.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think so. But you yeah. know what? I'm not a Me doctor. You and Joe need a vacation.
0: <laughs> you,
1: you probably do. You guys have been like yeah. going at it, like, well, not going at it, but you know.
0: Yeah, we you know take it. a vacation this year. So. Yes.
1: You need, It'll a, you be need a vacation. need will probably
0: next year. Yes. Yeah. But I agree. you just need to figure it out. Right. Did you send in your photo for a day with HIV in America? I missed it. Oh, you're so bad. I even reminded you. I know. <laughs> but I know. um I already said that because somebody just um Facebooked it earlier today saying that the actually the, the editor, the guy who's putting it together, uh were talking about um how they were gonna eventually get the photos up soon. They're working through it because they get tons of photos and Oh, really? there's a group on Facebook, yeah. So they said eventually that you're going to see them coming up on the um, – they're going to pick certain ones for the magazine, and then eventually you'll see them all up on the website throughout, you know, the time. So I'm sure once it's announced, and they're up, I'll come and announce it on here too. So. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I see something. Hey
1: there, Jeremy. Colin Robinson – Hey there, Jeremy. I understand you got to speak to my son today. I will hear more from him tonight, huh?
0: I don't know who this person is, but yes, I do, and you probably okay. do too. Yeah, okay, it's Colin from Pause I Am, and he's on Facebook. And Donald, um, is his oh, friend. is that the son? Yes. So, yeah. so Okay. Well, yeah. how the hell am
1: I supposed to get keep <laughs> all of this in in like check? Jesus. Okay. So hold on. Yes, Colin. So, I um, hope, oh, wait, no, not colon. Colin. Colin, well, I Listen, while hope, you
0: do that, let me just yeah. let them know that um, coming up, uh, next week we will be here. I don't have a show scheduled. I am in the works of getting a certain guest. I'm waiting for a response um, from her. So that will be next week. But, Jeremy, the week after that, the 16th, um, you're back with me live here, and we'll be speaking with Ken Howard, uh, the positive Who? therapist. Who? Ken Howard, the posture therapist, and who? Um, who? I'm actually sending you a copy of. Uh, he's actually going to send you a copy of his ebook. So, uh, okay. check out for that. But uh, he has a book coming out, and that's going to be uh, awesome. He's going to come on and talk about that, and of course, we'll be taking questions. That'll be coming up on the 16th when you return back here. I just wanted to announce that for people who may have um, missed the Where am I going? earlier.
1: Where am I going? I'm sorry. Where am I going?
0: That I'm I no, have next to week you're
1: off. Oh, really?
0: Yes, next week you're off and then oh. Jack is with me next week. Oh oh yeah. And the sixteenth okay. okay. actually, now that I'm um thinking about it, um on the wait, let me just get the dates right. Am I right? The sixteenth? Yeah, the I 16th don't is know. Sunday. So on the fifteenth there is a tournament. If you are in the Philadelphia area, since we have a little bit of time before Okay yeah. our guest comes in, I want to um Bring this uh, talk to you all about this. Um, again, on the 15th, it's a Saturday. There is a soccer tournament here that benefits um, HIV/AIDS awareness in the Latino communities, um, and it is taking place in South Philly at Ninth and Federal Street. And you can sign up online at KickHIV.org, um, and it's a really cool tournament. It's kind of you know a friendly, fun thing where they have you know you play throughout. Last year, I played and actually my team won uh, the tournament and there's also like uh testing they do there, you know, the mobile testing. And then yep. they also have other local ASOs there uh talking about the stuff they have, sharing um, you know, their pamphlets and stuff. Last year they had these really cool dancers and drummers that were there. It was really cool, it was a really awesome event. So kickhiv.org. And then on the sixteenth, um, the Sunday is uh the Philly AIDS walk. So if you can't walk or for some reason don't want to walk, you can go and uh to my Facebook page and donate to uh, my portion of the walk. I've already was able to raise $500, so I'm hoping to raise a little bit more, so come and, you know, share the love. It benefits so, so, the why don't organizations.
1: You, so, so, Robert, yes? say this on, on air, folks, to support me in the Philadelphia AIDS Walk on when? The 16th. When is it? The 16th. Okay, uh, so so ladies and gentlemen, those who are listening, to support Robert on October sixteenth with the Philadelphia AIDS walk, please go and donate today. Robert has only raised five hundred dollars and he needs to raise fifteen hundred dollars more
0: to make his goal. You're funny. So go no, donate, it sure. doesn't matter what size you donate, actually, um uh, five hundred,
1: so, so, and so so what Robert is saying is, you know what size doesn't matter.
0: Just don't. Right size does not matter, but it's true.
1: It does size does matter. So anything <laughs> over a hundred dollars will actually be um, rewarded. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. You get personal
0: shout outs on Facebook, <laughs> and you get
1: personal shout outs on Facebook, and you will get personal shout outs on this radio program every Sunday night through the month of October. <laughs> there. We're Woo-hoo! done. We're done. No pressure. So, no pressure. No pressure at all. So remember, um, he's got a two thousand dollar um goal and we need to raise fifteen hundred dollars more and if you are a hundred dollar or more donor, you get you get a um you get a shout out on this on this on this
0: show. Woohoo! Woohoo! And also, if you're in the Philly area and you want to walk uh, with me and you have no one to walk with or, you know, your group is going to be there, I have a couple friends that are going. We kind of just walk as a group and, you know, have a good time. So you're more than welcome and, to contact you. Through and this, right? if
1: if you walk in the group, you will also get a shout-out on this on this radio show.
0: And guess what? Jack McEnroff is going to be there in Philadelphia, so you can come out Shut and meet, meet Jack as well. Oh. So come on out and walk your asses off. Oh,
1: my God. No way. Uh, no way. Really? So oh wait, wait, wait. Who's this on um, on, um, um uh gonna ask how much even... did Jeremy donate? Yeah, how much did Jeremy donate? Jeremy's gonna donate hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred and
0: fifty dollars. I'm I'm gonna donate. And then he's gonna get his reward will be to host the show by himself one night. Really? <laughs> Just Jeremy and <laughs> the audience. <laughs> really me?
1: Oh we'll my calls oh God, so um, yeah, i'm gonna donate hundred fifty dollars to to Robert's walk.
0: oh that's sweet of you
1: that that's a pledge i'm I'm doing it online right now, and uh well, not online, but um on air that i'm gonna I'm gonna do hundred fifty dollars, so you get two hundred six hundred fifty dollars
0: oh, there you go, Also, you, go. If you have an AIDS walk coming up. Maybe one in Philly, maybe one somewhere else. Or you don't have the latest fashion. You can go to com and also check out the story that we have and wear your am shirt to your local AIDS walk. Because that would be where mine. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it's 9:15. Nice. Do we have a caller?
0: I am waiting for um, our guest to call in. Once he calls in, I will be more than happy to bring him forward.
1: Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll just ignore him right now. <laughs> ignore, ignore, ignore So, um, so Robert Yes What else have you been up to?
0: Well Not much really Just trying to get everything situated You know um, I actually am trying to put a blog together For the conference I was with last week Yeah um, But speaking about blogs um, I saw that your blog is trending on POS.IM, Um The 30 year war I know, I saw that Getting there. I see it. See, you have to put one more on there. People like to read your stuff, but our guest is on the line, so. I'm oh, is he?
1: Is he run. here? Yes. Don is Don guest. here? Yes, we are I'm going here. to bring. Oh, Don! Don is here. I am here. Hello, Don. Why, well, hello, Jeremy. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I, I'm doing fantastic. What are you wearing? <laughs> Shut up, uh, Rob. What are you wearing, right? Don? a polo shirt. <laughs> You're wearing what? Polo shorts and a polo shirt. A polo shorts and polo shirt. What are you wearing underneath those shorts?
0: Oh, my Underwear. Lord. Leave it to Jeremy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, did I not tell you, Don, when we talked earlier today, did I not tell <laughs> you that he would, like, put a kibosh on this kind of talk?
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't hey. me as a, you did yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: you, you should have used your conversation earlier for this kind of talk. Anyway, we did. <laughs> we did. And let
1: me tell you that Don is one well hung man.
0: <laughs> oh my lord! Jeremy, Jeremy I am Jeremy, not am I kidding yet?
1: you. He sent me a picture in on my on my cell phone. Oh my lordy! <laughs> twelve, twelve inches. I cannot believe it.
0: Oh, my Lord, Jeremy. Are you anyway. Done? And, I, and, so, and I
1: have my mother listening
0: to this. Oh, right. See, we'll she, knows. She,
1: what, what, she knows. She knows. <laughs> she understands. She knows. She had to so, change her diapers. She understands this stuff. <laughs>
3: Jeremy. Yes, she does.
1: Yeah. Are see? 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 I'm telling you. All right, Jeremy. Get me. it all out. <laughs> all right. It's done. I'm I'm over. I'm done. It's it's so, It's over.
0: So, Donald, thanks for joining us. Do you like Don or Donald? Do you prefer one over the other? Uh, Donald's fine. Donald's fine, okay. So, Donald, (laughs) tell me... um, I kind of want to tell (laughs) me to start, but... No, you don't want me to start now. No, I don't, not at all.
1: (laughs)
2: Tell me a little (laughs) bit about what your life
0: was like um, right before you were diagnosed. What was, you know, your, your routine?
3: Oh, my routine. Well, uh... I was working uh, for an ambulance service as a medic, and I was working on uh, two undergraduate degrees at uh, FSU, and so it was pretty much um, full of uh, working 12-hour shifts and uh, working on the two uh, two degrees, so it was pretty much busy with that, uh, busy, it was very active in student government. Um, and that pretty much took all of the life out of me, uh, if you will, between school, right. w- working EMS, and doing student government, fraternity stuff. Um, so. Now, what made you get into the EMS? <laughs> I had always had uh, an interest in uh, the healthcare field. Um, you know, I, my mother went to medical school. Uh, my uh, my father was, uh, you know, he was a U.S. Marshal. Um, so there, there was always. I was always wait, 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 wait. Your
1: father was a U.S. Marshal? Yes. Wow. Yes. So did um, he, like, bring in, like, some, like, like like really, like, rough and tumble,
3: you know, bandits? <laughs> I have no idea who he brought in. Um, you know, a, a lot of that wasn't, you know, disclosed to... People outside of the the marshal office. So. Um, oh, right. okay, okay.
1: Well, I don't know. I I I watched what was that awful movie? Um. The Fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, was the, was the, so was the Fugitive like based on your father? Was Tommy Lee Jones character like based on your dad?
3: Now I will say that my father did enjoy Tommy Lee Jones character. Yeah, uh, did, did he? Uh, he couldn't he sit through much of the movie without critiquing it, but um, oh, okay, okay. Right. He he did enjoy Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, he liked yeah. The Fugitive better than uh, U.S. Marshals.
1: But, oh, that, that, uh, yeah. U.S.
3: Marshals is crap. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it really but, was. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, back to Donald.
1: <laughs> yes, back to Donald. <laughs> did I not tell you, Donald, that this that, that this could like turn into All About Me? Well, I told you we I, were I warned you about this.
3: Well, you have to remember that you know it's not all about you tonight. It's about me this evening. So damn it! That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you, you're you are here uh, every week. The you know I'm not here every week. So I mean, I'm sure everybody is used to hearing about you and what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Donald. You're so oh, right.
1: Oh, Donald right. is awesome. We love Donald. <laughs>
3: They probably are more interested in this evening, and what I have to say.
1: Well, possibly.
3: But we'll we'll, (laughs)
1: we'll send a survey out. We'll send a survey? We'll send a survey. (laughs) Let let, let me proofread that survey before you send Uh, it out. Okay, all right. I won't write it, I promise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, keep going. Uh, About
3: what?
1: What, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Your father being in the U.S. Marshal and yada
3: yada yada. Um. So, okay. Uh, how did I get it? Okay. So the question was EMF.
2: Right.
3: How uh, you got involved in that? You know, I, I went into the police explorers in high school and the fire explorers. I did all that in high school, and uh, before I finished high school, um, I went to EMT school my senior year and uh dual enrolled with the uh community college to get that taken care of. And it was uh it was just something I, I always knew I would have a passion for and it was something that um I knew if I could go into EMS and go out there into the field and uh deal with everything in a pre hospital setting, um, you know, one day uh when I'm a physician, uh I knew that's exactly how my life would pan out. Uh so My first job was in uh, Gadsden County, a county just uh, north of Leon County, Tallahassee. It was a very, very rural uh, county. Um, And uh, at 18 years old, I was an EMP on a truck there, and, uh, you know, then got to the point I decided, well, um, (laughs) I want to make the decisions on the truck, so I knew I had to uh, uh, go and get my medic. Uh, So while I was doing that, I was also going to f s u and um got my medic and that's how the e m s component came into it so so
1: bring us to um bring us to a point where y- your diagnosis came into came into play so what happened and how so, did you
3: yeah well what happened was it was uh An evening in 2005, we were working in the trauma center, and uh, I had an occupational exposure. Uh, uh, The patient later died that evening. Um, Complications to uh, uh, the trauma, uh, not uh, not complications to AIDS. Uh, He did have end stage AIDS um, and several opportunistic infections, but um, he did did die of uh, traumatic injury related. to an accident. Oh, God. Um, I had the occupational exposure. Um, at that time, basically, uh, uh, everything was supposed to go by the book. And uh, a nurse from occupational health, employee health came up, drew my blood, uh, tested me for everything up the stars um, just to get a baseline, fill out all sorts of paperwork. Um, the, all, everything with the baseline came back negative and they said I didn't need to come back for another month. Went back a month later, uh, test was negative, and they said come back at three months. At three months, three months out, the test came back inconclusive. Hmm. And uh, when the inconclusive popped up, they said, okay, well, we're going to draw it again, and they did that, and I came back a couple of days later, and it was inconclusive again. So they weren't quite sure why I was having two inconclusive uh Readings. So it was at that time that they said, well, let's wait another month. And so we we waited a month, and about that time it was uh, Christmas of 2005. And uh, it was, I remember uh, Christmas morning, um, one of the doctors called and said, you know, Don, this is, uh, the test is inconclusive again. Um, We're not quite sure why you're getting all these inconclusives. But, um, you know, more than likely, uh, it is going to be positive with all these inconclusive readings. And at that point in time, I was still holding on well, but it hasn't come across as positive yet. So there still is a chance. And he said, there is a chance, but it's an unlikely chance. So I said, well, what do we need to do? Uh, Where do I need to go? to get this taken care of or to find out because I'm tired of coming in constantly and getting all these inconclusive results. And so we, you know, with talking with my family and everything. I said, well, you know, I'm I'm just going to make the uh, two-and-a-half, three-hour drive to Jacksonville and go to the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. So I went over to Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. Uh, They drew, again, uh, more blood than the occupational health nurse did uh, sent everything to Rochester in Minnesota and uh within 48 hours uh um, they called me up and said it was positive. So I'm not quite sure if it was just an issue with their machines uh in that county why they couldn't or um, you know even the doctor at the clinic couldn't um, he couldn't explain why all the why all the inconclusive results were popping up. So, but, uh, so do me a favor and explain what an
1: occupational um, exposure means to our listeners. So,
3: if you have somebody working in uh, the healthcare field or uh, the pre-hospital uh, field, um, such as an EMT, a paramedic, firefighter, a police officer, even a doctor, a nurse—basically um, anybody in that area—that's exposed to. Another patient's bodily fluids uh, through either the eyes, uh, the mouth, or um, some type of uh, penetration through your skin, need it be a large or IV, or need it be, um, you know, paramedics, firefighters, uh, pulling somebody out of a, a car and something cuts them on the car, and then the patient's blood then gets into their wound. Um basically, any type of exposure to another person's bodily fluids okay understood
1: understood so you went through now now what was the timeline? It was almost a month
3: it was weeks. about five it was about five months until five months five months until Christmas morning, two thousand and five. And then it was January 2006 when I went to the Mayo Clinic. Okay.
0: Now, what was it like when when they did diagnose you? What was what was going through your mind? I mean, obviously being, um, you know, in the EMT, you were educated about HIV and things of that nature, but was there ever anything that ever crossed your mind that may be something that you may need to actually deal with?
3: You know, probably not. Um, I, I, I mean, I I know all through training, um, and at the most basic level to the most advanced level, you treat every patient as they have every type of infectious disease under the sun, and yep. um, you know it, it doesn't matter who they are, what they look like. Uh, you you put your gloves on and you just approach them in that manner. But I I think it's one of those that it's it's in the back of your mind. But you don't let that get into the front of your mind because you can really drive yourself crazy um you know being out there in the field, especially out in certain rural areas um you know there there's been some pretty intense situations that uh um if you let yourself your your mind just would carry away and and you would be no good to your patient, you would be no good to uh you know working on them, you would be no good to getting them to the hospital. And you're not doing your job at that point. So you you basically do what you're trained to do, and uh, you can only react when something happens. If there's not a problem, if there's no problem to fix, uh, there's nothing really to worry about at that time. So
1: you know, just out of curiosity, what do you think is the um, statistic of individuals being coming infected through
3: occupational exposure? It's uh, I think. Point zero one to point zero three percent so it's really low it's very low yeah it is it is very low um it it's low when you look at it from that aspect, but when you go to organizations or groups out there for instance uh physicians that have h i v through occupational exposures or something and uh you you see these other organizations and uh, you look across the country and you see how many people are involved in that organization, and, you know, there's a fair amount of individuals in that organization, and they can be either kept anonymous or um, give their names if they wish Uh and where they work, but um, when you look at a global statistic, which is put out by, you know, the WHO and the CDC, uh, it has it at a a very small percent, so, you know, on one side it's small, and you think, wow, you know, that's kind of small, but then when you have you you look into it and you look into these organizations and you're like wow there's there's quite a large number of individuals um, you know especially in the southeast uh, that mm-hmm. are dealing with this.
1: Yep.
3: Unfortunately. So, yeah yeah so so what do
1: you think is the what's my question here I mean I mean what is your impression of occupational exposure and, and and really the risk i mean the that that overall risk right what's what's your impression of that what's your opinion uh, besides the fact that you are and that you have become hiv positive through occupational exposure
3: well it's My opinion, on one side, it's something that, uh, you know, should be taken very seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, at the university I'm at now, um, one of the publications we're working on has to do with uh, paramedic and firefighters and needle stick injuries um, and uh, what comes of those needle stick injuries, whether the patient uh, does have an infectious disease or does not, and looking into why are some of these individuals being exposed out in the field? Is it being lazy? Is it being, uh, there's not enough training? Is it being, uh, they've become complacent or is it, you know, they have a a God complex and Mm -hmm. they feel like nothing will ever happen to them. Um, So on on one side, it feels, it's it's very important to me because uh, I know what a lot of these guys are out there dealing with. I know what they're thinking. I know, the mentality that they have. Um I know the mentality that I had at one point and uh you know it happened, it does happen, it can happen, it happened to me. And it it's interesting to talk to these guys and then at the very end uh tell them like, Well, um we thank you for thank you for participating in, in this uh study but um you know we're gonna let you know that Uh, back in 2005, I was where you are and had some of the same answers that you guys did, and it does happen, and it can happen, and this is what I'm living with. And you you just see, like, a a light switch just go up in their heads, and, you know, the the jaws drop, and um, anybody that knows anybody in EMS or anything like that, there's not too much that makes their jaws drop, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it is something that's very important. it's, It's more likely to happen out, in uh, the pre-hospital setting, than the hospital setting. Um, even though mine happened in the trauma room, you know, something that's a a stable environment as opposed to bouncing around in the back of a, a rescue or um, trying to do something in a ditch that's half full of water and you're trying to pull somebody out of it. But um, you know, it is something that healthcare providers all across the front uh, need to be aware of and need to um, keep caution to.
1: So if you had a piece of advice the the one thing that you would want to leave um other uh individuals who are in the um emergency medical field or in uh yeah in the in the emergency medical field if you had one piece of advice for those folks what would it be
3: So, you know that, that that's hard, and and I'll tell you why that's hard. You know, uh, the the logical response would be to to take your time. It's not your emergency. Um, you know, don't skip the steps. Don't uh, don't become complacent because it can happen. Um, but I also know from being in those situations that you have basically two types of people. You have the types of people that are running out of a burning building, and you have the types of people that are running into a burning building um and i know that i would be the type that would be running in there and i really wouldn't be thinking too much about my safety as opposed to getting to whoever i could as fast and as a- adequately as i could um and i and i think in some aspects that kind of that that mentality right there is a double edged sword uh you know we need those type of emergency uh, professionals to go in there but you also need them to kind of sit back and and think, okay, if, if I'm hurt or if I'm injured or I do something that cause, causes injury to me, I'm now no good to this patient. Um, so it, it it's easy to say it sitting on the phone or sitting in an office or listening, listening to this show on the radio. But then when you're driving and you see the smoke or something coming out of a building, uh, you know, all bets are off And you're going to go running into there If you're an emergency professional
2: um, You know, it's very
3: difficult In, a, in the pre-hospital health setting um, I would say the biggest thing That they could do is You know, just don't come, become lazy mm-hmm. Don't become complacent And say this isn't going to happen to me Because it does happen um, mm-hmm. You know, even police officers Are infected with uh, HIV out in the field um, Through either patients or suspects At that point
2: in time
1: so l- um, let me I, I just have one more follow up question. I'm sorry, okay. Robert, but because we, we've we've talked about this before of um of where emergency technicians and, and I think there's some legislation out there about um uh, what was it? It was a an individual who was HIV positive who bit a police officer and now that person is being um, charged with um, involuntary manslaughter. What's your opinion on that type of situation?
3: Do I feel that the individual should be charged with involuntary manslaughter? Yeah, for biting a, a, a rescue worker. I think you would have to go and see if one, if the individual knew that he or she was HIV positive. Yep. Um, if they did in fact know, and you can prove that they do know that uh, they had knowledge that they could be or potentially are HIV positive, um, then yes, absolutely. Um, now, a lot of people, as you know, don't know that they have HIV. Yep. Um, and also it goes in well why did the person bite the rescue worker was and were they resisting arrest was uh were there drugs involved alcohol involved um you know what what is their mental state um, right. you know uh, there there have been times we've we've put people in the back of the ambulance and they've pulled syringes out of their pockets and you're sitting there in an enclosed rescue, and they're trying to stab you with the syringes um, right so I mean w- a lot of it would have to do is it, I feel it's, if they knew, in fact, that they had the potential to be positive or are positive, yes, they should be charged with uh, involuntary manslaughter, without a doubt. Every time I hear something like a story like that, I always
0: go, what kind of a person bites another person? Like I, I'm never that mad or like that frustrated that I go and bite somebody. If I did that when I was five. I don't know. It just, <laughs> I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Donald, was I don't know if they do this, if it's something maybe that you are involved in or if it's something that you would like to get involved in, but do they have professionals like yourself that have become infected in the way that you have go around and actually um, speak to other people in in the industry? I am not familiar
3: with any. Um, I know through the grapevine I I have kind of heard – little pieces of information here and there. But I'm not familiar with any. Um if if I knew of one and I had the time I know I would do it. But um I, I'm not familiar with any. It wouldn't surprise me uh if there are. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. I think that would
3: be something like right up your alley. Right.
1: I, I think so too. I, I have to agree. So if anybody's listening and you're listening to um Don speak and you think that um there's a need for this, give Don a call. Give him an email. Shoot him something, you know, a note or something, and and let him know that he would like to have him come talk to your organization. So
0: see there, I'm
1: pimping you out, Don.
0: Right, they can can actually contact us at the show, and then we'll send it to Don Um, just because uh, I don't have Don's information is not out there, so I kind (laughs) of would rather filter through us to him.
1: So, well, that's so okay, but we that can way. still we can still pimp him out. Yeah, pimp him out.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Donald, Donald, what was it like when you know you found that you were positive, and then you, how did you tell your your family and, and your friends?
3: Well, you know, uh, when I found out, my when I I finally got the phone call um, that it had happened. Um you know my my mom was with me uh my family care doctor um who basically delivered me and has been you know was my mother's mentor and has been my mentor um he was with uh my father was actively involved and my grandparents were actively involved um they were all involved from the get go um you know basically when the exposure occurred i called my mom said you know, they're, they're sending me home. This is what's going on. Um, and she said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll just wait and see. And, uh, you know, when, when we drove to Mayo Clinic, I, you know, it was my mother, my father, my grand, my grandfather uh, drove up uh, to Jacksonville and, um, you know, went with me and met me there. So they came from the South Florida area, and I just shot across the panhandle. And um,
2: we, we basically
3: were all there together um, receiving the news. And um, my initial reaction was, uh, you know, I I broke down in tears. Um, It felt like, you know, the life was being sucked out of me. And I was very, very, very angry um, uh, for the longest time in regards to I, I felt like I was doing my job, doing what I was trained to do, and, uh, you know, this happened. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I was holding these little pity parties for myself, and my mother kept trying to tell me, um, she said, you know, this this isn't the man that I raised. You know, uh, this is going to be your cross to carry. Uh, it would be no different than if you were to have some other type of disease and you had to take medication for it. Um, she said, but I did not raise a man to uh, have pity on himself or uh, to let this define who he is as a man. And it wasn't until then that I you know, picked myself up and said, okay, yes, I'm uh, going to continue with my life. I'm going to uh, live and this is not going to, you know, this virus is not going to define who I am as a person, but, you know, what can I what can I start to do with this virus uh, for the better of it, and what can I do with this virus to start to empower me to give me something back, um, and hopefully to touch somebody, t- touch somebody else out there in the world, um, you know, whether they're a student or somebody in the general public or a colleague or peer. But um, it, it took me, it it took me several months to start to get to that at a very difficult time. And also, um, I didn't start medication right away. And so the way I dealt with it was I didn't have anything wrong with me. Um, I didn't start medication until last year. And so I went from 2005 uh, to 2010 just going every three months to the Clinic and having my labs drawn. And it was uh, in my mind that okay, uh, I'm just going to go basically have a a quarterly physical, have my blood drawn and see what's going on, and uh, put it out of my mind uh, the best I could and just really live my life the last five years um,
2: doing that. Uh,
3: That's funny because that's exactly how I felt
0: because I didn't take meds for eight years. So, like, you know, out of sight, out of mind, not having those meds every day to put, you know, to take, it didn't make me feel like I was sick. You know, one of the things I have to say, one, is your mom's response to to, to you and and giving you that, you know, that that boost, that's an awesome, awesome, awesome mom. That's awesome to have that kind of support and have your mom kind of lift you off when she needed you because not everybody deals with that. But your mom, you said, has a a medical background? Yes. So that kind of really helps her with the educational part where she knows about HIV, where for me, like my mom, you know, the only thing she knew was my cousin died of AIDS. You know what I mean so that's kind of you know kind of a, a benefit that you had that your mom was somewhat educated about and was able to to help you realize that it wasn't the end of the world and you weren't going to die tomorrow and and things like that so
3: I think that's kind right. of awesome that you have that kind of support she um she she's a uh a real hard one that's for sure um it, <laughs> all my life she 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 was uh she was a hard nosed hard nosed mother and it was one of those that was <laughs>
1: And she, she's she listening a, right now, right?
3: Yeah, she's listening. Yeah, yeah,
1: right okay. Yeah, you know, th- so, this so, isn't anything so that mom, she's not familiar so, with. Oh, okay. So, 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 mom is familiar that that she was hard on you.
3: Oh, she she was hard, relentless. She was relentless on me all, <laughs> all my life, and it was. Uh, I, I was never told when I did something good. I was never told uh, when I came home with all A's. You know, she you know she would just kind of nod. Uh, But boy, if I came home with an 89 or a B or um, something to that effect, or I wasn't just performing at par, I mean, I was aware of it. I was aware of it before (laughs) my backpack hit the ground when I walked into the door. Um, That's funny. You know, uh, I'm sure.
1: So I I I wanted to, you know, uh, and and I have to say that we are, where are we at? We are at literally 15 minutes to 10 o'clock. We are 15 minutes, and and we have 15 minutes left of the of the hour, and we've like it, it's amazing how fast this has gone.
3: Hey, but, it really is. I know, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I but, just looked down at the clock when he started talking about that. <laughs>
1: um, I wanted to bring us to um, a little bit further, a little bit further along, and okay. um, talked and talk to us about how your diagnosis has influenced your um, your medical career
3: so for the longest time if you were to ask me and and everybody that that knew me up until the point if they were to ask what what was I going to do they would be like well he's gonna be a trauma surgeon um, there, there's just no two questions about it. Uh, he, he's, I mean I, I would thrive on trauma um, you know, just responding to those calls, and uh that that was my forte that was um what I wanted with a passion and uh was headed headed into that direction and when this occurred, when I found out I was infected um you know uh, some of my advisors and mentors said, you know you really don't think you're going to go into trauma surgery. And I, I didn't want to believe them and, uh, uh, you know, didn't believe them at the time. I told them they were crazy, you know, from old professors to family members, um, you know, to even my mother. Um, but uh, it was uh, a couple of years after the fact that I really started to, you know, take an interest in infectious diseases. And I became very close with my doctor at the Mayo Clinic who, um, you know, he he was the chair uh, for infectious diseases in Rochester for 20 years before he took over as the chair for uh, ID down in Jacksonville. And uh, we developed a relationship to where we could call each other, email each other, and um, he basically would show me different things he was working on um, with his HIV patients as far as – studies and research and you know then I started to take an interest in that and then I think a light bulb went off and I said, Well, golly gee, I could be on the forefront of this as an infectious disease doc, um, and epidemiology and really be out there, uh, not only to help those uh out there in the community, but also to see patients and be able to look the patient in the eye and say, well, yes, I do know what you're going through. I do know what it feels like to have that positive result come back. And no, this is not the end of your life. And um, this is not the end of your day. You're going to go on. Um, I think that's when that started. And I think uh, at that point is when I really uh, did a complete 180 um, as far as my studies were concerned and uh, quitting the track that I was on. Uh, to go into uh, research and uh infectious diseases and epidemiology um and going that way and uh you know helping to teach uh a university class um about uh h i v and uh you know teaching healthcare providers uh their four hour h i v class um, you know even to the point of uh, working for Bristol-Myers Squibb and going around and talking to people uh, that are possibly infected or affected um, and talk to them about what it's like living with the virus. All right. I, I think that's pretty um, that's pretty
0: awesome because for me, you know, I just recently lost my doctor, and for you to want to go into that field and, and having the disease yourself, it's it's really awesome because I, I had a doctor that was positive, and for me, being the patient that was gay and positive and had a doctor that was gay and positive, it just kind of gave me that, like, okay feeling, like I was comfortable. So I think if you ever do go into that and decide, you know, to see patients, your patients are going to be so comfortable with you, and it will really just bring comfort to other people. And I think it's awesome for you to, to do All that. Right. I do have two callers on the line, so let me um, go ahead and bring them on. Area code 215 one yeah. five, you're on the air. Oh, is that that me?
2: Yeah, it's you. Who's this? This would be Colin. Hi, Colin. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. Um, uh, It's been a long time in coming, and I'm watching my son Don on my uh, Skype screen at the moment, and he's grinning ear to ear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he's shaking his head no now. Don is being very modest he left out that he is in his third year in a double major of infectious disease and epidemiology and has a 4.0 Dean's List Honors Cumulative Average. So as his father by choice, I had to get that in there.
0: I think that's awesome.
2: All that hard work, all that hardness from his mom paid off.
0: Well, (laughs) uh,
2: I have spoken to his mom. Here's where the... uh, strange thing comes in, and Diane, you and I have to hook up, and much more than we have my, my husband, Jim, because, as I said, Don is our son by choice. We dropped the by choice part, because Don came into our life on May 20th, 2008, the first night that we had him in class. He was a student of ours that night, and has since grown to be our son. Aww. Yes. May 20th, uh, that's right. my birthday. I know you pointed that <laughs> out when I posted <laughs> that to you, my friend. And uh, <laughs> speaking of getting together, uh, we're only 15 minutes apart. That has to be happening soon. So um, Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, Don was a student of ours in the course HIV Disease, A Human Concern. And when my husband went through cancer, Don and his phenomenal partner, Heath, who started nursing the day that uh, Don started his uh, doctoral candidacy? Um, they took over teaching for us the semester that we did cancer for my husband. Aww, yeah. So, Aww. yeah. That, that,
1: There's that, a that, lot of
2: history here in just uh, three and a half short years. That that makes my heart feel warm. Good. <laughs> it, it can it show does. that. What it shows is Don is a prime example. If you let it, HIV can bring some good things into your life. In fact, one phenomenal thing when you look at Don. Thank
1: you. I know. I saw pictures of Don
2: already. <laughs> people on Facebook, I have a, posted in six rooms right now that my son is talking. They're like, oh, my God, he sounds so sexy. I'm like,
1: yeah, hands off. He's,
2: take, he's accounted for, people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've already, I've already looked. I've already looked at pictures. Yeah. yeah, I will call and you don't I'm, don't. I'm
2: going to get to
0: another call before the show ends, okay? Oh, go, go for, for it. it. Yeah. Love you, Don. Have a great night. You too. And Don okay. and I have already Next talked today. earlier today, so yes, we so know. We're going to bring on area code six zero seven. You're live and on the air. Who's
4: this? Hi, this is Charlotte. I want to say hello to Colin because I just met him through Facebook the other day, <laughs> um, <laughs> and he introduced me to this. But um, I had a question for Don, and it's regarding like the medical field. Um, I've come across, I'm positive, and I've come across some doctors who were like, oh, that's related to your HIV. I can't treat you. Go see your primary, which, in fact, my doctor, my primary, who's an HIV specialist, sent me to them. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, our education program here at our local AIDS, AIDS clinic, their grant was cut by the government. So I wanted to start up a program where I could go and teach others in the medical field and students maybe at the college, and I was wondering, is that a good approach to, like, I don't even know how to do that because you're in the (laughs) medical field. Do I go to the hospitals and say, hey, look, I want to do a a little hour seminar, half-hour seminar, and, and teach some of your medical staff, you know, um, it's okay to treat patients and this and that. Is that like the approach I would take? I'm I'm kind of lost on how to start it.
3: Like just
4: well, uh, little input <laughs> somehow. Well,
3: there there's uh, so many different ways you you could approach it, and um, I think one of the uh, best ways to do this, to start is going to either your uh, local health department, and um, you know going to uh, either uh, the HIV office or the ADEP office, going there, or going, uh, you know, I don't know what type of area you live in or if you have a teaching hospital or a university.
4: Oh, we do. Uh, We have SUNY Binghamton. That's pretty good.
3: So Okay. Uh, You know, I would go there and uh, ask to talk to uh, the secretaries of uh, the infectious disease uh, department and tell them what you're wanting to do, and that would be the best place to start. Ah, didn't think of that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You can also try going to your local ASO
0: in your area and what is uh, that? possibly seeing if there's um, like like aid service organization. Um, that's what like I. That's that. what I'm
4: connecting through, and they their program ended up cut.
0: Oh. Ah, yeah. Okay. The
4: only thing we have now is peer mentoring, which is wonderful, but I right. and something I'm going to do as well, okay. but. On the other hand, I think this is a big gap that's in our in our community that needs to be addressed. So, something I wanted to do.
0: Well, you know, you can always come up on Pause Time Radio and share your story as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All you right, thank you. We'll be more than happy to have you come on.
4: Okay. Fishing for
1: guests. Fishing for guests. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'll you. think have about it. Night. All right. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Alrighty then. Wow, we're running down to the last two minutes. Wow, I know. There's Can I you style. believe it? Thank you for <laughs> hanging out with us, um, and 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 sharing your, your you know your inspirational story, doing what you do, and and you know there's a plan for you. you you're, everything happens for a reason, and you seem to be lining it all up, and and having people like Colin in your life. that just you're gonna just keep going and and do great things.
3: I can't wait to see it happen though. Yes, it. Uh, it it is amazing to to sit here today and think, wow, not, none of this would have been possible without HIV uh, in your life, yeah. and uh, you know to to say that out loud, it uh, you know it kind of takes you back for a moment um, because I I'm certainly in a different place to where I am right now as opposed to a few years ago, that's for sure. I bet you are. And you know Don, that. I I have your phone
1: number, so I'll be calling later.
3: I'm sure you will.
1: Oh yeah, so, uh, yes, 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 he's uh, going to like go out and change that phone number very quickly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, my uh, my partner Heath is listening, and I'll just let him answer answer the phone call. There you go. Excellent. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> Donald, Thank
0: you so much. You have yourself a great night. <laughs> thank Thanks, you Don. You thank too. you so much. Bye bye. Bye. bye Oh, what a what a what a great gentleman. What awesome, awesome, what awesome. a story.
1: Yes, I mean, what a story. We, I mean, you and I, we've heard so many stories over the last how many years now?
0: Four. Going on, going on four. This is our fourth. Yeah.
1: going on four years, and we've heard uh, and, so uh, many. What's that?
0: So many stories, and that's exactly why we, yeah. we do this. We're just down to the last thirty seconds, so I just yeah, want to yeah, remind people to find more yeah, information.
2: Okay on,
0: yes, on Jeremy are. Dunn at com. More information on myself and the show and all our Twitters and all that, uh, com. Don't forget to join the POSIM social network and meet other people living with the disease like yourself. I can't
1: believe all we've gone right.
0: through a whole hour. Wow. I know. Jeremy, I know. have a great night, and I'll
1: see you in two. You weeks. too. All right, we'll Thanks see you then.
0: Have a great evening.
1: Bye, everybody.